0: You are listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, episode 35. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson.
1: Hello everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey
0: and I'm Dr. Davidson.
1: Uh, so I'm not sure if anyone can tell uh, in my voice. Uh, so, you know, it is 2018, January, everyone's making their New Year's resolutions and you and I traditionally in the past have always uh, you know, kind of made our own dietary change uh, and uh, go into ketosis for a period of time. So you and I did that probably what we're going on about two weeks now and I happen to come down with a little cold. There is something that does happen if you've never been in ketosis before, or if you have been, they call it the keto flu. Or the carb flu, I would call this one at least for myself. Maybe the the keto cold. Uh, I don't really have the flu, but um, certainly a little under the weather. So if you can hear it in my voice on the last episode, you might have heard it in my voice as well. I'm, I'm, it's been kind of lingering around for a few days. Uh, I think in the short term, there's been a lot of discussion as of late about the flu that's going around. Uh, I think it's like H3N2 or something. This this uh, particular fairly virulent strain of the flu going around that we're gonna do a episode on that fairly soon. But I apologize for my voice. Uh, Yes, we do get sick from time to time, but it's usually just a few days and we kind of get right back to it.
0: Yeah, and with um with Rob with Dr. Mackey getting sick, we were we were talking about this, and of course, you know, it's all over the news with the flu and the and and everybody's getting colds, everyone's dropping like flies, except for me. Uh uh oh, knock on wood, but um, but yeah, we're gonna probably do another podcast, maybe talking about ways to improve your immune, um, you know, your immune system to help prevent the flu or colds or little viruses or little bugs and critters, or once you do have a little tickle of something, what you can do to shorten that duration. So we've got lots of tricks up our sleeve for that. Granted, I am trying to force them on Dr. Mackey because he's not really good. He's not a good patient. He's a good doctor, but he's not a good patient.
1: Yeah. And you're really, you're really pushy doctor. Uh, you try <laughs> to like my
0: mom. <laughs> yeah. Right. I,
1: I definitely that think that is, uh, you know, very much true, but, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, I don't sometimes when I'm sick, I don't sometimes heed my own advice, uh, as much as I probably should. Uh, so, uh, moving on, uh, just to, you know, if you noticed a change in my voice, uh, you know, I apologize if it uh, if it sounds terrible. But uh, coming out the other side of it, I should feel better in a couple of days. Um, but, but the part about ketosis that I wanted to mention though is that when people do make that kind of wholesale dietary change, you know, getting sick sometimes is, you know, a very common thing. So I don't do that to scare anybody. Nobody wants to be sick intentionally. Um, but I look at that as definitely a very positive thing because it means that just by changing your diet a little bit, uh, and I look at that, in some ways that carb flu or the, uh, the keto flu in some ways is almost like carbohydrate withdrawal a little bit. And certainly coming off the holidays, uh, you know, Christmas and in, in the new year and all the dietary indulgence that comes with that. It's not surprising that something like that would happen in January.
0: So, yes. Yeah, so this podcast, so this podcast, we're going to talk about pregnenolone or pregnenolone. It's, you know, people say it differently, but, um, pregnenolone is a hormone that comes from your adrenal glands. Um, specifically the adrenal glands but it's not a reproductive hormone but it is technically a hormone and while I was mentioning you know it comes from the adrenal glands it also is secreted and made in your brain and your spinal cord so it's also kind of like a little bit not only just a hormone but also a neurohormone so it has a lot of different effects and some of you might not have even heard of pregnant alone because I'll, I'll mention it to people. I mention it to other doctors and they kind of look at me, um, you know, doe-eyed because they've never heard of it before. They think it has something to do with pregnancy, which it doesn't. But, you know, it's really important. I think it has a huge effect on our well-being and our quality of life but there's not a lot of information out there on pregnant alone. In fact, there's a lot of conflicting information out out there on pregnant alone if you're doing the research. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about pregnant alone and its uses, its side effects, um, how to take it, and how important it is to our
1: systems. Yeah, right. And we mentioned it briefly on the last episode. We thought we would expand on it because it is something that we both use quite often um, because of those um, added benefits and Uh, You know, that it's relatively fairly safe for people to use. Uh, Now, uh, you mentioned the hormones and kind of where they come from. So, if you look at all of the sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, pregnenolone, that whole kind of tree, they all come from cholesterol. Uh, Cholesterol is made in your liver. Uh, Cholesterol is converted into pregnenolone. Pregnenolone is converted into DHEA. And then from there, your hormones branch. One side, it is testosterone and estrogen. The other side is Progesterone and cortisol. Uh, And of course, you know, we are somewhat familiar with those last four that I mentioned and the different uses that the body has for those hormones.
0: So, pregnenolone is, you know, so when Dr. Mackey's talking about how pregnant, you know, all the different hormones. So pregnenolone really is what would be considered not just like I was saying, kind of a bit of a neurohormone, but it's also technically a pro-hormone. So it can convert into other hormones. So that's why when you're taking pregnenolone, you want to be careful about how much you're taking because of its conversion into other hormones. But just on a side note, like I was mentioning about pregnenolone, is an awesome hormone. Pregnenolone is awesome. It's great for memory. It's great for your brain. It's great specifically for short-term memory. It helps with mental energy, mental motivation. It's really good for focus. It's good for mood. But at the same and, and at the same time, it's also very neuroprotective for your brain, which we all you know we all want we all want that. Um, but pregnenolone, this is where it kind of got that little catch-22 is of course highest when we're young, which is why we remember everything and our brains are just so fast and speedy when you're 20 years old. So it does come down with time, but your pregnenolone can drop like a rock with chronic stress. I've seen 25-year-old girls and their pregnenolone in their bloodstream when I test it is nowhere to be found because they have gone through, you know, a, a tremendous amount of stress or long-term chronic stress. So that's that, you know, our society has a lot of stress in it, whether it's good stress or bad stress, is that can have an effect on your pregnenolone alone, and then that's going to have an effect on not being as neuroprotective for your brain. But then at the same time, that's why people say, oh, my short-term memory is nothing. I forget everything.
1: Yeah, right. Whether it's losing your keys or you have to have everything written on a piece of paper, you got post-it notes all over the place. Uh, You can't remember people's names. You can't even recall certain words sometimes. It's not dementia, Right. It's that's not what that is, that, you know, proverbial kind of brain fog, the brain just a little bit slow and sluggish. uh, That's a consequence or one of the consequences of having, you know, that, uh, you know, that really exacerbation of having chronic stress over a period of months, uh, if not years. Right. It's just accumulated effect. And now the brain just works less efficiently over time.
0: And like I had mentioned, there's lots of conflicting information if you Google pregnenolone online. So, you, of course, like with the internet, take it with a grain of salt, but there's not a lot of research done on pregnenolone. There's not really any human studies. There's a few animal studies, but there's not really a lot of studies. So, um, you know, that's why it's important to not just run over to your health food store and buy a bottle of pregnenolone because you want to have a better memory. You have to be a little careful with it because it is a hormone. And as a pro hormone, that's where a lot of the side effects come in is because somebody takes too much pregnenolone and it converts into all those other lovely hormones, which have their own side effects. So that's why, you know, with pregnenolone, we use it all the time. I have, probably a lot of my patients are on pregnenolone because their levels are so low. And when I say their levels are so low is because we test it. You can do a blood test on pregnenolone and see where your levels are. But that's where it gets a little confusing because the the labs have these huge broad reference ranges that almost everybody falls into play with. So for example, if you go to Quest for your your labs, the reference range for alone is 22 to 237, that, you know, um, nanograms per deciliter. But that's a huge reference range. So a lot of people fall in line with that. Um, LabCorp, their reference range is just anything under 151. Like anything under 151 is normal. So that's where coming into play on where the optimal level, should be. And typically we we like to see it right around 80 to 100. It doesn't have to be at 252, but Uh, 80 to 100 for us is the optimal range. So if somebody is less than 80, which I see all the time, like I said, I see people with it less than five, you know, nanograms per deciliter in their bloodstream, which means they don't even have it in their bloodstream. We see that all the time. We see 19, 20, 40, but if it's less than 80, usually we want it and their symptoms and their, you know, their symptoms and they're a good personal individual candidate for it. They actually do really well with treatment of pregnant alone.
1: Yeah, right. And, you know, when you're talking about hormones like that, uh, because like you said, you you, hormones are somewhat age uh, specific. Uh, some women, especially if they're in perimenopause or menopause, some of those things become a lot more appropriate because their body's just not making them anymore. Uh, like for example, as well, we're gonna talk probably more about DHA in the future, but you know, giving DHA to a young man, right, wouldn't be necessarily ideal because his own production of that, just like in the case with pre- uh, pregnant alone, it could kind of change things, um, because you're taking a hormone exogenously, meaning from outside of the body. Uh, that is always going to have an impact on the endogenous, the production inside the body. So you could create some imbalance or or overstimulate a particular hormone that you don't want.
0: Yeah. So you might, um, you know, so pregnenolone, like I said, people say, hey, it sounds really good, but you got to be careful about how much you take. So I have you know, you can buy pregnenolone over the counter at Whole Foods online. I mean, you can buy anything online nowadays, but you can buy anything and everything. And then you get these high levels of pregnenolone. And that's where you see the side effects because pregnenolone typically in physiological doses or doses that are individualized for that person and you know their goals and what their blood work shows up is great. But when it's too high is when you get into those side effects of pregnenolone. And some of those side effects are coming from the conversion of pregnenolone into DHEA, into testosterone, into estrogen, into cholesterol, into cortisol. So some of those side effects you might see, which we've seen um, is acne. So breakouts, you see this adult acne, um, People will grow hair on their face, and usually that's because pregnenolone is converting into androgens. Um, I've had women have irregular periods or their periods change. Sometimes you can lose hair on your head. People will have hair loss from taking too much pregnenolone, and it's not because of the pregnenolone. It's because it's converting into androgens. Sleep issues, weight gain, puffiness, mood swings, those are some side effects you can get from taking too much pregnenolone.
1: Yeah, right. And you mentioned, of course, this, you know, profile that we see all the time, Uh, you know, low energy, which we talked about the last couple episodes, stressed out and gaining weight. Uh, One thing that does happen, which is why taking pregnenolone can be very beneficial is the what they call the pregnenolone steal, um, which is this, you know, uh, attempt of the body to, you know, preserve or survive, basically, uh, you know, as it comes from cholesterol to pregnenolone, uh, the body is trying to make a decision based on requirement, based on need, uh, and trying to decide where those hormones are supposed to go, You know all the enzymes that convert them. When when your requirement for stress is or for cortisol is very high because of a high-stress lifestyle, your body will shunt all of that um, production from pregnenolone right to cortisol to maintain those levels. And then, like Dr. Davidson said, on a blood test, your pregnenolone and or your DHEA, both of those, which are precursors to all of them, could be actually, in fact, low, depending on where you are in that stress level. The acute stage, the middle stage, or the end stage, it's gonna determine where those numbers are. So, you know, like she said, looking at those numbers before just going out and taking it can be very beneficial and minimize the potential for side effects because the first thing that pregnenolone gets converted into is DHEA. If you're one of those women that already has too much DHEA, Uh, You know, let's say you have PCOS or you're on that spectrum of having PCOS uh, now that could exacerbate and create more of all those side effects that you just mentioned.
0: Yeah, so it is important to test the pregnenolone. And I have had patients that come in and they're on a hundred milligrams of pregnenolone. That is too much pregnenolone, no matter honestly what your levels show up in your bloodstream. Very I don't have I don't think I have anybody on that high a dose of pregnenolone. But usually, you know, just like with like we had talked about on previous podcasts, you know, with these hormones, if you give too much of a hormone, the body is just like human humans are a little lazy. If you're gonna do the work for me, awesome. I'm just gonna kick back and do nothing. So you can suppress your own production of pregnenolone by taking too much and then of course it goes down the road down the rabbit's hole with converting into other hormones like dr mackey was talking about and then having those side effects so really less is more. So a lot of times with pregnenolone, I'll use very small doses, five milligrams, 10 milligrams, maybe up to 30 milligrams, depending on the individual. But then of course it comes back to their symptoms. How are they feeling? You know, typically low pregnenolone, now granted all hormones kind of overlap, is they'll be foggy brained and they'll have a very, you know, their short-term memory is shot. They can't, re- you know, they, they can remember what happened 10 years ago at a wedding, but they can't remember what happened, you know, day before yesterday with, you know, a conversation they had with someone. Or they had a conversation with someone and they forgot it. It's not dementia, but that's typical with pregnant alone, or they just don't have the mo- mental motivation. Yeah, I know I can go and work on that project or on that laundry or paint that room. Do I want to? No. So you don't. That's pregnenolone where people have the physical energy to actually, you know, do the project, but they don't have the mental energy because they just don't have the motivation. They don't want to do it. So those are pretty common with pregnenolone before you, but like I said, before you run out and buy some pregnenolone and take it, you really want to test for it. And then that way you can keep those levels in that physiological range.
1: Yeah. And it's another example too of how an adrenal hormone, what is typically viewed as an adrenal hormone uh, the effect that those adrenal hormones have on the brain, like in, in the connection, you know, we were making a joke when we did the other episode about, uh, we we're talking about fatigue and we we're, you know, there, there's all these different, in physiology, they call them axes. like and I've mentioned before, the HPA axis. So the axis between the brain and the adrenals, you have the HPAT axis, They Axis between the brain, the adrenals, and the thyroid. I saw another one called OAT, the ovarian adrenal thyroid axis. There's all these different, you know, axes. We tried to come up with our own acronym for whatever we talked about a couple of episodes ago. We it didn't. But we
0: didn't put on the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it didn't really turn out that well. It wasn't really a good ac- It wasn't a good acronym. But nonetheless, uh, that's the- pregnant alone is a perfect example of. The, you know, it's, you know, typically or physiologically an adrenal hormone, but it has a huge impact on brain function. And that's really when we're talking stress, that's really where it's having, you know, it's kind of a top down response. It's having an effect on the brain and the adrenals kind of simultaneously. And there's even some research to show the effects that it has on the amygdala and the hippocampus and these different areas in the brain over time.
0: So I'm going to be honest with you. If you go to your primary care after listening to this and say, I want to have my pregnenolone tested or I'm taking pregnenolone, they're probably not going to know what you're talking about. I've had doctors that confuse pregnenolone with prednisone because they are, you know, kind of similar words, which they are completely opposite from each other other than they're both steroids, but they have completely opposite actions. Pregnenolone has nothing to do with prednisone. Prednisone is a you know, a very powerful, powerful steroid medication that has lots of side effects at the same time. It can save your life, but it's not... So I've had doctors screaming that oh my gosh, you're on, you know, thinking they're on prednisone, they're on 30 milligrams of prednisone, which is a lot for prednisone, but really they're on 30 grams of, or 30 milligrams of pregnenolone, which isn't a lot, which is a dose for them. So they're probably not going to know what pregnenolone is, let alone be able to test it for you. So, and so most of the time when you're, let's say you're looking at pregnenolone and when you are looking at pregnenolone, you're looking at the adrenals, you're looking at all the aspects of, you know, healthy balancing of the hormones that you'd want to see a functional medicine doctor, you know, functional, Functional medicine doctors are going to know what pregnant alone is, let alone all the other hormones.
1: Yeah, right. And looking at, there wouldn't, from a conventional primary care perspective, even from an endocrinology perspective, there wouldn't be a reason for them to look at pregnenolone alone when you're trying to screen for disease. Uh, so they'd have to, you know, actually have to have this extra level of knowledge and expertise to understand why you'd even test for it. Uh, and like you said, for you and I and how we approach people, it's really about optimization. As opposed to okay, well, something is def- you know maybe something yes is deficient, but it doesn't mean that it's a disease state. We're trying to figure out ways that we can intervene in a very health and uh, health healthy and safe way, but yet still, uh, you know, still help people get the results they want, which is having vitality, having energy, uh, not continue to gain weight, making sure their brain works good so they can do the million things they got to do, and at the at the you know at the end of that. Um, they're hopefully also preventing age related disease at the same time.
0: And and in my experience with pregnenolone, um, most of my patients aren't on it forever. You don't have to take it forever. Pregnenolone is actually very responsive when you give little bits of pregnenolone to somebody that's already, you know, got a low level of blood pregnenolone, you give a little bit to them. It's very responsive. I've had people on it for as little as, you know, 2 months and their pregnenolone goes from 35 to, you know, 125. I've had people with their pregnant in fact I was just talking to a patient on, you know, the, yesterday and her pregnant alone back, you know, in it was May, so that would have been maybe about, you know, a little over 6 months from from right now. Her pregnenolone was 19, and then it went up to 47, then it went to 125. So we stopped taking the pregnenolone. And then when I just tested it now, she's not on any pregnenolone because I had taken it off because her pregnenolone blood level is at 125. It's at 140, which is perfect for her because she's a young female. And we didn't do any, we didn't even give her pregnenolone. It kind of took off on itself. So, you know, as with all the hormones, I mean, with hormone replacement for menopause and whatnot, sure, they might be on hormones um, long term. But when we're working on the adrenals, we don't want people to be on these things for the rest of their life. We want to try to get their own organs producing it so that they don't have to be reliant on taking something every day.
1: Yeah, but if you don't intervene or know how to intervene in the appropriate way in the beginning of that process, either it doesn't repair or retonify itself, it doesn't fix itself on its own. You know, like I said, so it does have different phases. It has a beginning phase, a middle phase, and an end phase, or maybe a maintenance phase. And it's kind of always changing depending on the situation. And, and that's how you know too. If things are changing like that, as far as your therapeutic intervention, then you know that their body is improving. Things are getting better. That's well, that's fantastic. You know, or they're not, and then now you troubleshoot until you find you, know, you find the appropriate uh, you know the, the appropriate things that are actually working, creating a positive impact.
0: So like I had mentioned about seeing a functional medicine doctor, that would probably be the best course of action if you're kind of wondering about your pregnenolone, because if your pregnenolone's low, more than likely some of the other hormones are imbalanced too. It's not just the pregnenolone because everything works together, but it might be that, you know, where you live, there's not a functional medicine doctor close to you. Or sometimes, you know, not all functional medicine doctors take insurance that it might be out of your... um, budget for your, you know, for... Because I understand people are budgeting and trying to take care of families and lives that it might be a little bit too pricey for you. So just something that we offer on our website is you can actually order a pregnenolone blood test yourself. And we, we, we keep the prices low because we know that people are buying them through their, you know, out of cash pocket. But you, if you were wondering, Hey, is my pregnenolone possibly low is you can easily order it on our, on our website. You go down to the lab, you give them the form and they test your, your pregnenolone and you can see where it is. Granted, when you get it tested, it'll have those huge reference ranges. But because you listen to this podcast, you'll know that, you know, optimally you want to be right around 80 to 100.
1: Yeah, so if you go to the website, progresshealth.com, you go to the store, uh, if you do purchase, we have a few panels that have pregnenolone in there, some kind of female-specific panels, right, Uh, maybe for a woman that's, you know, having some PMS, uh, maybe perimenopause, menopause, there's a couple of different variations of those panels. Pregnenolone will be part of those, or you can just add Pregnenolone on as a separate test, kind of like an a la carte. So you, maybe you don't need the full panel, but you just want to do the Pregnenolone. Uh, there's a way to do that. And usually if you go on the website, you purchase the test, you get a lab rec from us within 24 hours. Um, usually by the time you order it the next day uh, and then you're able to take that into your local lab, either a Quest or a, uh, a core. for different tests require different requisitions. So there's a little bit of uh, on our side anyways, uh, you're just presented with a piece of paper and you take that in and then we get the results back and usually about three to five days. Sometimes it's as quick as 24 hours, but usually three to five days. Uh, depending if it's a weekend or a holiday and then we send you the results and you actually have the test and you did it all on your own, um, which simplifies that entire process. It doesn't have to have so many steps along the way to do something relatively simple.
0: Yeah. And we've got some great panels on there, like Dr. Mackey was saying, you know, that, might, that could test your female hormones and whatnot, but let's say maybe you're not a female. So you just, you know, you don't, you wouldn't necessarily need that panel. You can just order the pregnant alone all by itself. That just one simple blood test.
1: Yeah. So, uh, and we talked about this. We probably should have talked about that when we did the episode. I'm not even sure the number of it what, what, that what it was when we talked about thyroid testing, kind of walking people through. Uh, but, you know, we kind of set it up that way. So it's very simple. It's meant to give you control. It's meant to give you access to that kind of information because, as Dr. Davidson said, sometimes getting our primary care or internist to do some of these things, they don't understand the rationale or the value of it because uh, they don't, you know, that's not their specialty. That's not what they do. You know, there's other tests that are, that maybe a cardiologist would run or a neurosurgeon would, or a neurologist would run or an endocrinologist would run that we typically don't because that's not our training or our specialty uh, so these are the things that we like to look at uh, and we're you know giving them giving all of you access to that if if that is something that you need or would like to pursue there's a new term out there called biohacking where people are kind of doing their own experimentations on their bodies you know not experimentation in a bad way but just understanding how their bodies work and and trying to optimize performance uh, in, in whatever capacity whether it's it's athletics or if it's just in everyday living you know this is a way that you you know you can have access to that information and improve your health and vitality on an ongoing basis
0: and you know there's going to be more information on pregnenolone in the future cuz it is an important hor- hormone in fact i think it's kind of like an unsung hero when you're looking at quality of life or working at balancing your hormones or working on the adrenals but a lot not a lot of people have heard of it so there'll be more information on that and everything will be evolving there'll be probably more accurate information on the internet, you know, at a later date, probably more studies. So we'll definitely keep you updated with that.
1: Yeah, and we're gonna do another episode as well, You know, just as we were talking about this one, the whole, the, the another episode that we absolutely need to do is one on adrenal testing. You know, what does that, you know, and kind of hormone testing in general, because, you know, blood is it blood or serum? Is it saliva? Is it urine? You know, and in a lot of cases, it's, you know, sometimes all of them. You know, maybe it's one versus this and knowing why to do this versus that, it gets really complicated and very com- confusing. And there's lots of conflicting information out there as to what's the best. Uh, so we're going to do a, another episode on, uh, on you know, specifically adrenal testing, looking at some of these things that we mentioned today and in past episodes. So you have, you know, you again can make those in- informed decisions, um, you know, much easier for yourself.
0: So as we're kind of wrapping up this episode on pregnenolone or pregnenolone, um, something just occurred to me. It's kind of kind of funny is when I talk about pregnenolone with patients, they usually can't repeat the word after me. They're like, preg-a preg- what? <laughs> and and Or, or later I talked to them and they forgot how to pronounce it. So I was talking to this patient earlier this week and she said that she for her to remember how to pronounce it, now it has nothing to do with this, is she pre- she remembers it as pregnant and alone. So that hormone, pregnant and alone, it's how she remembers how to say pregnenolone. Now, granted, if you're pregnant and alone, that would probably drop your pregnant alone because that sounds really stressful. But but just because, you know, sometimes these words just roll off our tongue easily and, you know, it takes a while for people to be able to say them. So um, just a funny little thought.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so I think that uh, wraps it up for uh, pregnant alone uh, for now. Uh, anything else to add or can we bring this one to a wrap?
0: Nope, this is great.
1: Okay, so until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey.
0: And I'm Dr. Davidson.
1: Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at ProgressYourHealth.com.